Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery and today I'm excited to have Nirial, who's a writer uh, and consultant and teaches us about the intersection of psychology, technology and business. Uh, Nir has founded two tech companies since 2003 and has taught at the Stanford Charges School of Business. Uh, and he's the author of the best-selling book, Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products and Indestructible, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. In addition to blogging and uh, Nir and far.com, Nir's writing has been featured in the Harvard Business Review, TechCrunch, uh, and Psychology Today. Nir is also an active investor in habit-forming technology. Some of his past investments include Eventbrite, Worklife, Product Hunt, uh, Seven Cups, Spanner, Bite Foods, uh, Focus Made, and Anchor uh, FM. Uh, Nir has attended the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Uh, welcome to the show, Nir. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Awesome. So, uh, uh, so you know, how how did you uh, uh, you know get into writing books, and how did it get your start into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So let's see. So I helped start a couple of companies after I was a consultant at Boston Consulting Group. I started a solar energy business, and that was successfully acquired. And then went to business school and started another business in the advertising and gaming space. And that's where I learned uh, the tactics that I wrote about in Hooked. Uh, my first book was about how to build habit-forming products, and that came out of uh, you know watching many of these companies back in 2006, 2007, uh, companies like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, Slack. These companies kind of came out of nowhere and did such a tremendous job of changing consumer habits, and I wanted to understand their secrets. And so the idea behind Hooked was to democratize these methods uh, to persuade through technology to help people build products that change people's habits for good. And that's exactly what we've seen. So companies like Fitbod get people hooked to exercising in the gym. Uh, one of my past investments, Kahoot, gets kids hooked to, um, uh, to in-classroom learning. Uh, one, of my for, one of my clients, the New York Times, gets people hooked to reading the paper every day. So we can certainly use these tactics and techniques to help people build good habits in their lives. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I took what I knew in this field and wanted to apply it to how to break bad habits. Uh, and that was certainly a problem that I had when I started writing is that I oftentimes got distracted and I wanted to figure out how I could put these distractions in their place to do what it is I wanted to do. And so the book took me five years to complete because, frankly, I was so distracted when I first started writing. And it wasn't until I learned these techniques and sifted through not only which techniques are most effective, but also wanted to only utilize techniques that had been backed by peer-reviewed studies. And so, you know, the book has about 30 pages of citations in it. It's very well researched and, and none of it is just, you know, pet projects and crazy ideas. It's all stuff that has been reviewed in peer-reviewed journals. And... Um, so that's what led me to Indistractable, is this, this idea behind how do we control our attention and choose our life. Uh, interesting, you, you talk about, you know, uh, habit forming uh, companies and, uh, you know, uh, oh, before the show, show, we talked about Focusmate, when, when I, uh, you know, we, we, I'm also an investor and I got Taylor also on my on my show, uh, which, which is uh, episode number 90. But, uh, but do, do you think, uh, uh, we need to blame technology, uh, especially the social media apps, for for being uh, so distracted these days. 
Yeah, so I think this is a, a uh, the, part of the reason why I really wanted to write this book is, you know, I think we see that people tend to bifurcate into one of two uh, types when it comes to distraction. We have what's called the blamers. The blamers blame something outside of themselves. It's the technology. It's my iPhone. It's Facebook. Something is doing it to me. The right. other type of person is the person who we call the shamer. The, the shamer says, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me. I have a short attention span. I have an addictive personality. Maybe I'm lazy. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. And they shame themselves. And of course, that makes the problem even worse <laughs> because the worse we feel, the more likely we are to look for a distraction to take our mind off of these uncomfortable sensations in our head. And so the right answer is not to be a blamer, not to be a shamer, but to be what I call a claimer. A claimer claims responsibility, acknowledging that this is not your fault. Okay, you didn't invent the iPhone, you didn't invent Facebook, you didn't invent email. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility because these tools are not going away. And frankly, we don't want them to go away. They're, they're great if we know how to use them in a way that benefits us. And so the idea here is to not be a blamer or a shamer, but to be a claimer by claiming responsibility for what you do in response to your feelings. Now, you can't determine what your feelings are. You can't control how you feel. What you can control is how you respond to those feelings, to those sensations. And so that really is, is the first step to becoming indistractable, is acknowledging the root cause of distraction. You know, it's become very in fashion to blame the latest technology, but you know, distraction did not start with Facebook and the iPhone. Uh, distraction has been with us for a very, very long time. Uh, Plato talked about it 2,500 years ago. He called it akrasia. And so this is, this is nothing new. Uh, and, and let's think about it logically for a minute. If we think, you know, Zuckerberg one day wakes up and says, you know what, I'm sick of this. I'm turning off Facebook, okay? I'm done. Do we really think that people will stop getting distracted? Of course not. They're not going to read Shakespeare and Chaucer in their spare time. They're going to putz around and do all the things that we've always done to distract ourselves. So we have to acknowledge the root cause of distraction or we'll just keep blaming the symptoms as opposed to treating the disease. Right, and, and you know, what do you think is the, is the root cause of distraction? Uh, is, is it are we trying to run away from discomfort uh, or, you know, something which is, which is not working out in a personal professional life? Yeah, that's right. So if we look at the root cause of why we get distracted, it's actually the root cause of why we do all things. All human behavior is prompted by one thing. Uh, many people think if you, if you ask somebody, you know, what, what is the root cause of motivation? What, what causes us to do what we do? They're going to give you some version of carrots and sticks, right? It's all about the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. But that is not true. That neurologically speaking, everything we do is not about the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain, but rather everything that we do, we do for one reason, and that is to escape discomfort, that everything we do, even the pursuit of pleasure, if you think about it, even the pursuit of pleasure is about escaping discomfort, wanting, craving, desire, uh, lusting. There's a reason we say love hurts because neurologically that is exactly what is going on. And if we agree that all behavior is spurred by a desire to escape discomfort, that means that time management is pain management. That if we don't fundamentally understand this fact, that we are looking to suppress or avoid these uncomfortable sensations. So when we're lonely, we check Facebook. When we're uncertain, we Google. When we're bored, we check the television or sports scores or the news or stock prices, whatever it might be. We do these things to escape an uncomfortable sensation. 
And so that has to be the first step is to understand why we get distracted and then to have a healthier set of behaviors to deal with that distraction in a helpful as opposed to hurtful manner. And, and once I've dead mind, what is the root cause? Uh, how, do, how do I replace my you know, dysfunctional behavior? Yeah, so it starts with what I call mastering the internal triggers. So the way we master the internal triggers is, is in three ways. We can reimagine the trigger itself. We can see the trigger differently. We can reimagine the task. We can see what we are doing in a different light so that we enjoy it more and, and despise it less. And then finally, we can reimagine our temperament. We can see ourselves differently. And so this is really about uh, dispelling a lot of these myths we hear these days in the, in the psychology community as well as you know, folk psychology. For example, one myth that we oftentimes hear is that willpower is a depletable resource. You know, you've probably heard this, that we run out of willpower. Right. Uh, this, and this had a name a few years ago, it's called ego depletion, but it turns out that it's not true, that it doesn't exist except for in one group of people. So researchers found that there is no such thing as ego depletion. We don't run out of willpower like gas in a gas tank. What does happen, however, is that for one group of people, they do actually run out of willpower. And who are those people? People who believe that willpower is a depletable resource. So if you believe that you're spent, that you've got nothing left, that's it. No, you can't make any more decisions because you've run out of willpower. You make it true. And this is exactly what we hear these days when it comes to this ridiculous assertion that technology is hijacking our brains, that it's addicting everyone, that the algorithms are controlling your mind. This is such a, 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 a silly point of view and it's not backed by scientific evidence and most importantly, it is self-defeating because when you believe it is true, it becomes so. It's called learned helplessness. When you think, oh, the kids are, are addicted to video games. There's nothing I can do. The algorithms are controlling my brain. What can I do? You don't do anything about the problem. And so that's exactly why I wrote Indistractable. It's a 250-page manual for exactly what to do to screw those technologies, to stop using them in a way that harms you and use them in a way that benefits you. Got it. And, 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 you know, you talked about kids uh, who, who use, uh, you know, te uh, using technology, uh, something which early generations did not have access to. So, so what are the best way parents can, uh, or, or the kids, you know, should do so that they're not addicted to, uh, to looking into, into the phones and laptops all the time? First of all, stop calling it an addiction. Okay. <laughs> it's not an addiction. An addiction is, is something very, very different. Now, some people do get addicted, right? Clearly, people do people get addicted to alcohol? Of course, we call them alcoholics, but not everyone who has a beer with dinner is an alcoholic. Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. So why would it be that everyone using technology gets addicted? It just doesn't work that way. So we have to do a few things. Basically, we have to teach our kids how to become indistractable, starting with becoming indistractable ourselves. Okay. So you cannot tell your kids, stop playing Fortnite or get off of Facebook when you're checking email on your phone. Right. The first thing we have to do is to stop being hypocrites right. and take charge of our own behavior to set an example. Now that means that you have to follow the same four steps that your kids are gonna follow, which are number one, master the internal triggers. Figure out what it is you are escaping from, right? What is that discomfort in your life that you cannot deal with 
in another way, in a healthier way than by looking at your phone or by getting distracted by email or turning on the television or gossiping or whatever it is that you do to take your mind off of your problems. That is the source of the problem, my friend, is that we use these tools to take our mind off of something we don't want to feel. So that's the first step is to master the internal triggers. The second step is to make time for traction. Here's the thing. You can't call something a distraction unless you know what it is distracted from. So if your calendar is empty, you have no right to say you got distracted by anything because everything is a distraction when you don't know what you wanted to do with your time. So we spend so much time and money protecting our stuff, right? We have security systems on our homes, we have alarms on our cars, we put our money in banks with vaults. But when it comes to our schedule, yeah, come on, steal as much of it as you want. And so we have to make a schedule. Not only do we have to make a schedule, I want people to make a schedule down to the minute. This is called a time box schedule. And I'll give you a link in the show notes that I built a free tool that anyone can use. There's nothing you have to sign up for or buy. It's totally free. And I want you to plan the week ahead in a time box schedule, accounting for every minute of your day. Now, that doesn't mean you won't slip up from time to time. It doesn't mean that you won't revise this calendar. I want you to revise it every week. But I want you to turn your values into time. So not only with work, right? Many people plan their work day, but what about the other values in your life? Do you have time for your family and your friends? Is that on your calendar? Do you have time for, for spiritual or mental growth? Do you have that on your calendar? Do you have time to take care of your physical health? Do you have time to exercise, to get proper rest? If it's not on your calendar, it's not going to happen. You're going to get distracted. So not only do we make this time box calendar, but we have to do what's called a schedule sync with the stakeholders in our life, with our domestic partners, with our husband, wife, our, our, uh, our boss, to share these calendars so that we are all synchronized around our schedule. And I tell you exactly how to do this. It seems like a lot. It's not, it takes 15 minutes a week. It is a life changer. And then the third step is that we have to hack back the external triggers. So not only do we have the pings and dings on our phones and our computers, that's kind of obvious. We also need to deal with all the other external triggers like stupid emails that don't need to be sent and received, superfluous meetings that didn't need to be called, uh, open floor plan offices where people are constantly stopping by your desk and interrupting you. All of these things are external triggers. And so the, the question we have to ask ourselves is which one of these external triggers are serving us and which are we serving? And we need to excise the ones or alter the ones that we are that are not serving us. And so I tell you exactly how to do that in the book as well. We can do it for ourselves. We can help our kids do it as well. And then the fourth step is to prevent distraction with pacts, which is where we make a pre-commitment. We take some kind of promise to ourselves or to someone else to keep us on track. And in this case, we can actually use technology to block out technology distractions. And so I give you all kinds of tools and resources that you can use to help your, you make a pact with yourself to stay on track. Now that step, I have to warn you, that step is potentially dangerous. It can backfire. So don't jump to that step. It has to be done systematically first, starting from step one, which is to master the internal triggers, then uh, make time for traction, then hack back the external triggers. And only finally, do we want to prevent distraction with pacts? Yeah, so in, interesting. You, you you're talking about the steps, but um, you know, is is it or do you have uh, you know, do you suggest any apps where you know somebody can plan out the day and <clears throat> is is it really possible to you know speak to your loved ones and sync the calendar with them? What if you know uh, they're not 
as planned, uh, you know, they, they've not planned out the days as you would like it to be. So, uh, you know, any suggestions on that? So you don't have to plan out their day. That's their responsibility, but you can plan your day. Right. And the idea here is that you're not, it's to understand not only what you will do, but also what you will not do. It's very important. So for example, you know, one of my values is to spend quality time with my daughter and my wife. Uh, but we don't always plan what we're going to do with our time, but I have time in my calendar over the weekend to have quality time together, right? A big three hour block. We call this plan spontaneity. It sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. We plan the time, but what we do with that time can be spontaneous. But here's what I know I will not be doing with that time. I will not be on my cell phone. I will not be checking work emails. I will be with them and fully present so because that time is blocked for that particular task with them. Got it. And, uh, uh, you know, email and, and phone does take up a lot of our attention and, and time. Uh, do, you, do you have any, any tips on, you know, what uh, should one do so that we can limit, uh, you know, any un, uh, unwanted interruptions on, on the phone and on, on the email? Sure. So it's all about hacking back. Uh, so, you know, the, I use the term hacking. Hacking is about gaining unauthorized access. And we know that the tech companies are trying to gain access to our attention. They are trying to hack our attention. But that doesn't mean we can't hack back. And in fact, we are much more powerful than they are. So there's nothing that Mark Zuckerberg can do if you change those notifications on your phone, something that only one third of people with a smartphone ever do right? We can't right. complain that technology is addictive when we haven't changed the stupid notification settings so that they're not constantly pinging and dinging us. Why do we need every news alert? Why do we need every Facebook notification to interrupt us? No. What I want you to do is to plan time in your day to check Facebook. There's nothing wrong with going on Facebook, but do it on your schedule. Put it in your time box schedule so that you're using it on your schedule, not on the app makers. And then there's all kinds of things we can do around email. And I give a tactic that you can use to reduce the time you spend on email by up to 90%, nine zero, uh, by, by tackling the biggest source of distraction when it comes to email is not the checking or the replying, the big waster of time is the rechecking of email. So there are tactics in the book that help you limit how much time you spend on email by reducing the two factors of how many emails you send every day, as well as how much time you spend on, on e per email as well. Right. And, and, and do you think uh, something like a digital detox, you know, every couple of, you uh, know, quarters or months would, would work? Uh, no. Uh, I don't like digital detoxes. I think it's a myth. Um, was that your question about digital detoxes? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan because, so let me tell you a story. I used to be clinically obese uh -huh. and I would constantly do these detoxes. Okay. 30 days, no fast food, 30 days, no fat, 30 days, no sugar, 30 days, this 30 days that it doesn't work. Here's why it doesn't work. What do you do on day 31? Right. Yeah, you, yeah. you eat like crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you from experience. You say, whew, I made it. Now give me that hamburger, right? Give me all that chocolate shake and give me all that, that stuff I wasn't supposed to eat because I finished my goal. Well, here's the thing. The goal shouldn't be to just detox for 30 days. It should be to live healthfully with this stuff for the rest of your life. And so just like there's nothing wrong with junk food, right? If it's eaten in moderation, there's nothing wrong with it. We shouldn't vilify it. It's built to be delicious and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to live in a world without these delicious things, just like I don't want to live in a world without these amazing technologies. The idea here is to get to the root cause of the problem. 
You know why I was overeating? You know why I was clinically obese? It wasn't because the, the McDonald's made delicious food. It wasn't because of chocolate and breads and sweets, right? Those things are going to exist with or without me. The reason I was overeating was because I was eating my feelings. And anyone who is clinically obese will tell you this, that the reason we overdo it is not because we're hungry. It's because we stuff ourselves because we don't want to feel something. And until I dealt with that deeper, uncomfortable truth, I couldn't get to the root source of the problem. Right. And, and, and do you have any time boxing uh, apps or, you know, templates which can, which can help out people? Uh, I know about Focusmate, but uh, are there any other apps, you know, which you use uh, regularly uh, to, uh, to, you know, uh, be attentive of your time? So the best tools are the ones you use. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily have to be the most complex, the, the, the most difficult or the most, you know, the, it just has to be the one you use. So, you know, I use for my time boxing, I use Google Calendar. I have found that it's quite difficult for people just getting started to, to use it because it's, it's quite cumbersome. So I built a tool online uh, that I'll give you a link to that makes it much, much easier to get started. Uh, it's a very simplified tool. Uh, that's at nearandfar.com backslash schedule maker, but I'll give you the link for the show notes. And I, I built that to make it very, very easy, but I'll be totally honest with you. You don't have to use it. If you just take out a piece of paper and you write uh, a line for seven days of the week, and then you separate the hours, that's good enough, right? Whatever way you will, you can to visualize your week, to decide in advance how you want to spend your time, that's the most important thing. It's not about the technology tools. It's about having a system that you can put in place so that you don't need any willpower or self-control or self-discipline. Those are bad words in my vocabulary. I don't like those things because they don't work. Uh, willpower, self-control, self-discipline fail in the moment. What you need is a system. But you can't do what you wanted to do. You can't promise yourself not to get distracted unless you decide in advance how you want to spend your time. Interesting. And, you know, with spending the time, uh, I've, I've got a personal problem because I've been watching Netflix because it is accessible or, or on the phone, uh, but, you know, it really harms my, my sleep routines and all. But, uh, uh, but, you know, I've used different techniques like, uh, uh, you know, removing the app and then getting it back. Uh, but, uh, you know, it seems like, Earlier, I had this addiction with Facebook, but now with Netflix. So, uh, you know, uh, so from, from discussing with you, it seems like boredom is, is one of my uh, discomfort feelings. And, you know, I should look into it. But uh, do you think something like a meditation or going out for uh, the 10 days Vipassana sort of a meditation should, would help? Uh, probably not. <laughs> because uh, you know it's the, the evidence of of um, a skill transferring uh, is 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 pretty scarce. So you can get really good at meditating, that's for sure. But the evidence that you know help you you meditating will help you stop watching Netflix just doesn't exist yet. That that those studies haven't been done. So I think what instead I would ask you to do is to use these four the four steps of this model. Uh, is to plan time for Netflix in your day. If you like watching Netflix, there's nothing wrong with watching Netflix, but don't do it whenever you can't think of anything else better to do. Use it on your schedule. So put time in your day, whether it's every Friday night, whether it's, you know, whatever days, plan that in advance. So you know, I will have time to watch Netflix. It's coming up. It's in my schedule. Now, 
the, one of the things that I think gets a lot of people into trouble is the to-do list. We've all been told that to accomplish what we need to accomplish, to get things done, we just put things on a to-do list and magically they happen. And I think we've been sold a, 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 a bad bill of goods. That in fact, what happens when we make these to-do lists and only prioritize the output without considering the input, we stress ourselves out. Here's what it looks like. This is what I used to do. Remember, I was patient zero here. I wrote this book for me more than anyone else. I would have this to-do list of 100 things, okay? And then I would have a super productive day, and I got done, you know, 10 things on my to-do list. But then at the end of the day, I still had 90 things I didn't accomplish, and I felt like a loser. And when I wanted to relax, I felt guilty because there was still more to do. And sometimes I would succumb to what's called the what the hell effect. This is a real known psychological phenomenon that I have so much to do. Ah, what the hell? I give up. And so in many ways, having too much to do makes you more likely not to do what you said you would do. So instead, by having a time box calendar where you said, this is exactly what I want to do with my time and no more, no less. So what you put on your to-do list is not finish this, finish that. It's spend X amount of time working on this task without distraction. And that's all you need to do. And then at the end of the day, you have this beautiful feeling when you get to the end of the day that you can relax. You can do whatever it is you plan to do, including watching Netflix, going on Facebook, doing whatever you wanted to do in peace and, re- and, and do that without guilt because that is exactly what you plan to do with your time as opposed to that never-ending to-do list. Interesting. And, and and do you think, you know, for, for me, waking up at the same time and sleeping at the same time would help me, uh, you know, scheduling out what time I should, I should sleep uh, can help my sleep problems? Absolutely. Right. So we know that one of the best things you can do for your, your physical and psychological well-being is to get proper rest. But of course, most of us, you know, we go to sleep when we're tired and that's not a good idea. We need to go to sleep when it's time to go to sleep, (laughs) which means we need to plan ahead. We need to say, okay, if I want to be in bed by 10 o'clock, that means I need to start getting ready by 930, et cetera. You have to plan that time in your day or else it's not gonna happen spontaneously. You know what's gonna happen, right? You, you start checking email, you start checking social media, you get distracted and before you know it, it's midnight and you haven't gotten to bed. So you have to plan the input, not the output. You, if, you don't, if you're not in bed on time, you're definitely not gonna get the output of having adequate rest. Just like if you don't plan the time to sit at your desk and work on that big project, it's not gonna just spontaneously happen. You're not gonna write that novel or you know, uh, uh, whatever it might be unless you plan time ahead to do it. Got it. And uh, so uh, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book? Sure. So um, I've got lots of lots of favorite books. I can't name just one. Uh, I, I really enjoyed you know the work of Richard Feynman. So there's a great book called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman that I really really like. Uh, Influence by Cialdini is wonderful. Um, uh, Nudge is great. Uh, Drive is a fantastic book by Daniel Pink. So there's lots and lots and lots of books that I really enjoy. Yeah, got it. And you know, if you could go back in time when you when you started. Uh, uh, you know, working on uh, working on your business and your books, what is the one thing you would have focused on or anything you would have done differently? You know, I probably would have taken things less seriously. <laughs> I, I tend to take things a little too seriously. And uh, I don't know if that always served me that I think, you know, in, in retrospect, um, you know, many things that we think are super important and, you know, our life depends on it and stress us out uh, turn out to be not quite so important in hindsight. Got it. And uh, do you have any favorite online tools, for example, Gmail, Slack? 
Uh, yeah, so I, I use I use just about everything that comes out. I love all this technology, and so lately I've been getting into a lot of um, uh, uh, quantitative quantitative cell type stuff. And so I I, I have what's called the Aura Ring tracks my sleep oh. and has changed my habits around sleep that I really like. It's O U R A. I've heard heard a lot about it. I've been using Fitbit, but uh, I've heard Aura Ring is is uh, is more effective for looking at your sleep patterns. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been really great. I really enjoy it. Got it. And, and what is the best way people can buy the book, Indestructible? Sure. So you can uh, buy wherever books are sold, Amazon or uh, Book Depository, wherever wherever you get your books, you can get Indistractable. Uh, but if you go to my website, indistractable.com, uh, there are free resources there, whether you buy the book or not, like an 80-page workbook. And if you do buy the book uh, and you put in your order number, I will give you a, uh, a video course as well, a supplementary video course, uh, which you can all get at indistractable.com. Got it. And, and what is the best way people can reach out to you? Sure. So if you go to my website, nearandfar.com, it's N-I-R, like my first name, N-I-R and far.com. Uh, there's a contact form right there. Right, Neil. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate speaking to you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.